The advice given in this podcast is general in nature. If you require personalised medical advice, please see your healthcare professional. This podcast is not affiliated with the views of our professional employer and any real-life accounts have been appropriately de-identified for confidentiality purposes. This is 1% Stronger. Hello, welcome back to 1% Stronger this week. Hello and welcome back to yet another week, guys. We are thrilled to be back in your ears. I feel so refreshed still this year. I feel like we're definitely going to start January and then Just, you know, dragging my feet as I, you know, talk. as Such a trooper. I know, right? Look <laughs> at me go. No, I'm going for a bike ride this evening with Geordie, so I've really got to, like, no, find no. some energy somewhere. We'll perk you <laughs> right up. Um, tell me about your week, though, Maddie. How have you been? What are you recommending for us? Um, My week's been good. I made a very rapid, quick trip, like 32 hours down to Tassie and back over the weekend um, to go to one of my best mate's baby showers, which was delightful. I cannot wait to hug their little baby boy who we have... We've, his name's not going to be Bruce, but they, re- they refuse to tell us his name. So we've decided that it, it's a running joke that his name is Baby Bruce. That's really so um, can't wait to hold Baby Bruce um, in the near future. But that was really lovely. It was a really fast trip. But um, yeah, kind of, kind of relaxing somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> as for my recommendation this week, I am going to be recommending a company on Instagram called Crystal Clean Hire. Mm-hmm. That is their Instagram handle and they run their entire business through Instagram. Essentially, they allow you to, it's like affordable uh, cleaning equipment hire. So for your carpets, your car seats, like anything upholstered, they let you hire out their machines at a really, really reasonable price. Obviously, then you have to like do it yourself. If you get the product for 24 hours, I have just used these on my couch, my rugs, um, part of my car seat and my Lord. Like I... As everyone knows, I have a dog. Mm-hmm. Did not realize how much dirt was just jam-packed in all of my rugs. And oh I gosh. honestly am grossed out that I ever stepped foot or sat on any of them. Um, but yeah, that's my recommendation. You don't know how much shit is in your rugs, carpet, like couch until you steam clean it yourself. So that would be not my number one recommendation. If you've never cleaned your couch or rugs, hire from these guys. They're absolutely delightful to deal with and do it. Just I do feel it. like now I don't want to do it because I don't want to know what's in my house. I know, but I just, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, it would be so satisfying to do though. Oh, 100%. Like I will, I'll, yeah, I've got some photos and videos when we pop up the episode and everyone hears this recommendation, I'll, I'll make sure they go up online as well so everyone Excellent. can see, All get right. some ADSM from it or whatever it is. <laughs> Tell me about your week, my love, um, and hit me with your recommendation. My week's been lovely. Um, I've just been working and had like 
at some nice social things, had some nice me time as well. Um, and I've got like a couple of things on towards the end of the week, catching up with a few friends. So I feel like I'm really looking forward to the weekend and doing a couple of other things as well. I'm going to a winery, which will be lovely. Oh, yeah. Um, my recommendation this week is a book. Um, it's, <laughs> it's called Honeybee. Now I feel like every like I've been seeing this randomly everywhere and I had no idea what it was about um my housemate bought it home once and it was sitting on the table for ages and she never read it and then I saw it at Dimmicks and I never really walk into Dimmicks but my friend Vanessa thank you so much Ness um she got me a Dimmicks voucher for my birthday which was so lovely so of course I went in there within like 20 minutes of receiving it and had to buy <laughs> five new books which is lovely um, and one of them that I bought was Honeybee. It was the first one that I read and it was just such a powerful, beautiful book. So it's about a 14 year old, um, teenager, I suppose, who the story starts with him standing on a bridge. Um, he's about to jump. He wants to commit suicide. And then the story goes backwards and talks about what led him to make that decision and how things unfolded from there. He also meets somebody, um, on the bridge. Um, his name is Vic and he is a man who's like in his 70s and it like turns out that he was going to be jumping off the bridge as well also talks about his backstory I promise this is not a spoiler this all happens in the I literally first was like is this pages. spoilers I'm not spoiling like... anything this literally happens in the first page or two okay so good I'm not really <laughs> ruining anything for you but yes it's called Honeybee it's by Craig Sylvie and it is such a beautiful book I devoured it in like one sitting it was unbelievably good one of the best books i've ever read i would say wow yeah um big for, especially <laughs> from you yeah. um <laughs> five stars oh my goodness all right well everyone if you like me and get incredibly influenced by the way that amanda <laughs> speaks about books uh put that on your list it's definitely mm -hmm. gonna have to be on mine apologies to geordie as well because now my pile's going to recreate itself <laughs> just as i was starting to work it down excellent <laughs> So, Maddie, let's just deep dive straight into this week's episode. We're talking about vitamins, obviously, and we sort of want to give you guys a quick rundown on multivitamins and other common supplements because this is not a new thing. We've seen this all over social media for, for a couple of years now, and there's obviously a really broad range of them out there. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's wandered down the vitamin aisle at my local chemist or Woolies and thought, oh, you know do I need these? Or I don't really know what these do, but it sounds like maybe that would be good for me. And it's pretty easy to be overwhelmed, hey? A hundred percent. Either that or, you know, as you said, through social media, you hear one person, you know, utilizing one supplement or, you know, potentially not telling us it's a paid ad or sponsorship mm. and talking about these things. And suddenly you feel influenced wondering, you know, do they work? If it's worked for this person, will it be the answer to my prayers? Like, I feel like there's a lot of sort of misinformation around this, hence why we're going to be having a bit of a chat about it today. Totally. And I think, you know, a lot of us assume that, oh, you know, we're taking it and if it doesn't do anything, it's okay because it can't hurt me, right? But we kind of just assume that everything that's available to us over the counter or anything that we can buy from a store is going to be automatically safe. And of course, you know, things do have to meet certain standards. But what do we actually know about them? Exactly. I think there's a, a lot that people don't know and understand about them. And you are right. There is assumed safety is when you can buy something from a chemist so readily availably like if it's that easy to get how dangerous could it be i think is a lot of the mentality but 
with that said, let's jump in and have a, a bit of an investigation about it. Let's do it. So, Maddie, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what multivitamins are broadly? So, multivitamins, essentially a term given to supplements containing, as the name suggests, multiple different vitamins and minerals. Um, as I'm sure alongside of these, there's a lot of sort of singular vitamins, so isolating one out on its own, as well as minerals and other supplements. Um, but as sort of a... In Australia and globally as well, there's currently sort of no standard as to what constitutes a multivitamin in terms of nutrient composition or dosage. There's actually not a lot of regulation as to what sort of goes into a lot of the single, um, the single out sort of vitamins and minerals as well. I didn't know that. That's interesting to know. I've already learned something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why is it that we actually need vitamins? So not necessarily the products, but the actual compounds themselves. What do vitamins do for us? So essentially within our body, there are millions, millions of tiny little chemical reactions that happen within and between the cells of our body. So we're talking like microscopic, tiny little chemical reactions going on here. And vitamins and minerals are broken down from the foods that we consume to fuel these chemical reactions. So they essentially help our body to perform many tasks on a day-to-day -day basis throughout the entirety of our lives, things from muscle contraction to building bone strength to maintaining our vision. They do all kinds of, of weird and wonderful things. Cool. Um, so, I mean, with that being said, though, the dosage of these vitamins that we're talking about in terms of what we need and what we're using, how do we know what's right for us? How do we know how much we need? How much do we, how do we know our bodies are absorbing it? It's, it's a great question. There's a lot of unknowns when it comes to it, but the general sort of, I guess, view from a lot of the scientific health nutrition kind of line is that eating a well-balanced diet, you can get enough from yeah. that. The doses that we need of these vitamins are incredibly minute. They're very small, easily absorbable from our day-to-day -day diet. We don't need to be taking gross, large amounts of it all in sort of one hit like you get with many um, standalone vitamins. Yeah, I suppose that's why they're categorized under that micronutrients. We only need, you know, minute amounts of them, like you said. They come in all the foods that we are given or that we should be eating, um, you know, in terms of like a range of different colors, um, textures, fruits, vegetables, nuts, legumes, all of those kind of things will contain different ones. Um, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's quietly. I was going to say, I love the way that you say legumes. Legumes. It's just like Fancy. I call them legumes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> very, very swish there. I'm so bougie. Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing new. Oh, dear. But jumping straight back in. Um, and then how safe are the vitamins that we find on our shelves? Like, what are we what are we looking at here in terms of these generalized products? Yeah, so we sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but in Australia, we do have a regulatory body for these products that we see on our shelves. And this is called the TGA or the Therapeutic Goods Administration, um, which is the full name, yeah. TGA. And this sort of ensures that the products on our shelves are safe and they ensure that a standard is met when it comes to the product quality also. Okay. But with this said, you know, they ensure the quality and the safety of these products, um, but in general for the greater population. There's always people and population group whom these products will not be safe for. For example, people who take other medications that might not interact with them so well. So just because it's safe for the masses doesn't necessarily mean it's safe for you. Yeah. I, I would always say as a general rule, 
ask your doctor, ask the pharmacist. It's, you know, yeah. they can give you the tailored advice you need because the salesperson who's putting it on the shelf is not going to know that information. Oh, these vitamin companies are multi-million dollar corporations. They're making money off our, our vulnerabilities and our, you know, it, it's essentially a, a small sector of diet culture in itself and is now becoming largely social media and influencer based as well. It's Totally. It's a market. It is, you know, it's a business um, and that's not to be overlooked here either. Absolutely. Um, so... In Australia, I know we keep jumping in here. We're just so eager to talk about it. (laughs) So um, in Australia, for a vitamin to meet the legal criteria for it to be supplied, it has to meet sort of four major sort of criteria. Those being that the product must only contain ingredients that are pre-approved from a list that the TJ has already assessed for safety and quality. Um, Secondly, the commercial sponsor of the product must choose from a pre-approved list of uses. Those uses can only relate to minor health problems sorry these products are prohibited from making you know claims of grandeur of you know serious or life-threatening conditions they essentially are vitamins are made to be complementary to our you know our diet our lifestyle a bunch of other factors and that's how they are intended to be sold they can't be making grand claims of you know cleaning up your arteries or you know Mm -hmm. anything else or you know that they actually physically cannot do um the final two is the product must be manufactured in a certified facility that meets quality standards, yep. as always, we, it's something we would expect. And then the final one is that the sponsor of the product must hold evidence that their product does what they say it does. Okay. And this is not actually analysed by the TGA. They don't look at that evidence, but they just have to, I guess, have it known that that evidence exists and that the person creating this has evidence for their product. I think that is a really good thing that you picked up on as well, because if you read the label of a lot of products, they don't necessarily make promises, but they make you believe that they do. So using words such as may improve or tends to, or has been known to, is not saying that it will definitely happen for you, but Mm. it's sort of a little bit of a cop-out way to say, it could do this, and for some people it might do this, but we can't guarantee it'll do it for you, but in not saying so in such many words. Oh, yeah, no, they're definitely not being that upfront about mm. it. They are yeah. 100% like dancing that line of, you know, making a promise without making a promise, essentially. That's it. So I feel like with this, we do have faith that if we do need a vitamin for any given reason, the products that are available to us will be reasonably trustworthy. And with this said, they undergo less scrutiny and are far less regulated than medicines. Yeah, we have to keep this in mind. They're they're not going through, you know, ruthless. They don't have to be, you know, go through control trials. They don't have to, you know, have proved efficacy. There just has to be some kind of evidence that maybe it does what it it says it does. It's 100%. We cannot compare sort of your natural products and your, I guess, vitamins and minerals on the same way that we judge and accept medicines yeah and that's a really good point maddie is that people talk about natural is always better and i just believe that some people will categorize you know vitamins and things like that as natural as well because they are naturally occurring and they may be derived from plants and things like that but it's always going to be better to eat it from the source because you know The way that vitamins are delivered in foods and things like that means that they're brought to you with complementary other vitamins that will help you absorb them, help make the most of them. It'll really bring out the optimistic level of that vitamin in whatever's provided to you. 
Um, I, I, I mean, I don't have to dance around it anymore. Our, I feel like our consensus in terms of the question, do we really need them? I, I would say it's a no from me. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> no from me too. Like, there are obviously, we're going to chat about some caveats to this, but yes. in general, no, you don't. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. The evidence shows us that we do not absorb vitamins and minerals from a supplement or tablet with as much efficacy as we do from natural sources. So we're already seeing that there's a there's a great body of evidence out there that eating it from a natural source, straight from the plant, legume, whatever you want to <laughs> consume it from, meat products, dairy, eggs, whatever it is, is already going to give you a greater amount of bioavailability, so the availability of those minerals and vitamins within your blood than taking a supplement or over-the-counter product. That's right. So if we talk about some of these population groups who are part of those caveats that you know may potentially need to take it's not a hard and fast rule to say no you shouldn't take vitamins there are certainly groups of people who should be uh, pregnant women certainly one we all know that folic acid supplementation can aid um, in preventing fetal abnormalities like neural tube defects spina bifida um, mm-hmm. we've heard that all before so very very important for pregnancy yeah and there's a whole bunch of evidence about all of these caveats um, the second is vitamin D supplementation in the winter months especially if you live in uh, countries further away from the equator, you know, very high in the northern or low in the southern hemisphere, um, where our absorption during the winter months due to clothing and cloud cover is going to be significantly decreased. Yeah, and I'll just add to that as well, taking that with calcium as well will help for them to both be absorbed well into the system because they kind of work hand in hand. So vitamin D and calcium go really well together. As they are often packaged together, if you've ever wandered down the uh, <laughs> down the vitamin aisle. Um, our third being vitamin B12 for vegans and some vegetarians. It's crucial to the body in creating blood as well as brain and neural function. Um, and the most common source of B12 is from animal foods. So milk, cheeses, yogurt, eggs, which are often obviously going to be deficient in a vegan and potentially vegetarian diet. So they require that supplementation as well. That's right. And some people have genetic um, like lesser efficacy to uptake and absorb B12. This is only determined through a blood test. If you're feeling tired, you can't just say, I probably have a vitamin B12 deficiency and start taking vitamins. I know that there are a few fitness influencers out there who have vitamin B12 injections. I really don't like that they advertise this because I feel like no one would be advertising that they take, I don't know, steroids or ibuprofen or something like that every week to help with another issue. So just because it's something that's so readily available doesn't mean that it's you know right for everybody. I really think if you feel like you're fatigued and a fitness influencer is recommending B12, go to your doctor, get a blood test and see if that's the result of it because... There's no point in you taking a vitamin if your levels are fine. There might be something else going on. A hundred percent. There are a myriad of different things that can result in fatigue and you doing a, a Dr. Google, or in this case, a, a social media search to um, to find the answers to your problem is, is, is no surprise. It's not the answer. Um, yeah. Medical expertise cannot be confused from social media influence. That's, yeah, for no sure. Way. Um, And finally, supplementing iron, um, especially for those who are deficient, anemic, um, is most common, I would say, in females. Um, Just Mm -hmm. anecdotally, as well as the evidence will suggest this, we we tend to eat less iron-rich food and we tend to bleed more and 
iron is the heme part of our hemoglobin, which is the oxygen carrying component of our blood. The heme um, part. So, yeah. <laughs> so bougie. <laughs> so because we are, you know, menstruating, having our periods and potentially not intaking as much iron, our iron levels may be lower. So definitely a good idea to get them checked if you feel the need to. Um, and supplementing this alongside vitamin C as they have been shown to work hand in hand to improve the absorption of iron. That's pretty much the major four mm. caveats that there is a significant body of evidence around. There may be a few others, but these are sort of the greatest four that um, come to mind and that are, are backed very strongly by the evidence. Um, now, if you don't fall into any one of those four categories, then supplementation of vitamins, minerals is likely only going to be a drain on your back pocket more than anything. These things aren't cheap. <laughs> no, That's for aren't. sure. <laughs> Um, if we look at the literature around um, supplementation or supplement consumption, um, there's actually a fairly substantial body of evidence that shows us the biggest consumers of these products within our society are women, mm-hmm. um, commonly, surprise, surprise. yeah, commonly of an old age, um, who have a higher level of education, and therefore are generally of a higher socioeconomic status, but funnily enough, are generally already exhibiting healthier lifestyle behaviors, behaviors, better nutritional consumption, and overall better health status than their non-supplementing mm. counterparts. Okay. So if we care about our health in general, where we tend to be more likely to really try and do everything we can to care for our health, even though it's not necessarily proven to be true? Yeah. So that's essentially where it comes from, is that the the mindset behind these is, I guess, from the literature, is that these people want to sort of, quote unquote, improve their health or supposedly sort of prevent disease. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you kind of already look at the behaviours and that that they already have, knowing what we know that we already get greater bioavailability of vitamins and minerals from our diet, these people are already eating a good diet. We only need small doses, therefore they're already getting it. These people are already meeting their vitamin and supplementary needs. They don't need to be then adding supplements on top of it. Um, but I guess it's this, this big belief that they're from having excess or more of these or potentially being deficient without knowledge of it can help in the prevention of, I guess, long-term health outcomes, which I'm sure... I'm not sure, actually. Do a lot of people know? I personally know. They don't actually do what people commonly or society believes that they do. So the current research suggests that there's actually no benefit um, when it comes to supplementation and that reducing your risk of cancer, cardiovascular disease, so, you know, thinking strokes, heart attacks, or death as a whole. Hmm. Vitamin usage has absolutely no correlation with preventing or reducing your risk of any one of those things. Um, And in addition to this, I found a really recent study um, into the neurological effects of supplementation of vitamins, and I found there was absolutely no link between supplementation and improvement in our cognitive function, attention, or memory either. There you go. Okay. So with all of this said, let's talk about the actual dangers of supplementation. And yes, there are definitely some that are, you know, present, and there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Yeah. Like, they, they, yeah, vitamins, good for our body, but in excess... Not so good. No. So we have two types of vitamins. We have water-soluble and fat-soluble vitamins. And this means that one of them dissolves in water within the body and the other within fat. 
well, sorry, not one of them, but one type of, you know, the certain types. So A, D, E, K, there are fat-soluble vitamins and our water-soluble vitamins are pretty much all of the remainder ones. Yep. Um, there's less risk when it comes to water-soluble vitamins because if we take it like an, uh, it quoted in quotation marks, overdose, yeah. um, or more than the small amount that our body needs, we actually just excrete it in our urine. So to put it frankly, if you're eating <laughs> enough of these through your diet, Buying and consuming these products, essentially you're just paying for the supplement to take a water slide ride through your body and out the other side and give you some very expensive wee. <laughs> just saying. Like 100% that's all it's going to do. Having excess in your body means that your kidneys just filter it out. You're excreted in urine. You don't use more than you have the need for. It gets dissolved in water. Excess water gets urinated out. Our bodies do this. It's a regular function. It's what it's supposed to do. It's the function of the kidneys and that, I guess, urinary system. It's what it's supposed to do. Taking extra is exactly as you said, Amanda, just them, us paying and wasting money for it to go for a water slide ride throughout our body and out the other side. That is not something I have the funds for. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. But we do have dangers with overconsumption of our fat-soluble vitamins as well. So we said before, vitamin A, E, D, and K. And because they dissolve in fat, they're not as easily excreted from the body and they can easily build up and actually cause toxicity within the system. So we won't bore you too much by running through all of the dangers here, but essentially to highlight some of them, a buildup of vitamin A is particularly dangerous in dangerous in pregnancy and it's known to cause birth defects but can also increase the likelihood of bone loss and fractures in the general population and touching on that as well it's really important that if you are pregnant or planning a pregnancy that this doesn't only go to supplementation in terms of ingesting vitamins but your skincare products as well you should not be using products like vitamin a serums or retinols when you're pregnant Mm -hmm. because it contains the same ingredient it's still being absorbed through the skin oh our skin is equal we absorb everything we Mm -hmm. put onto our skin so 100 percent. that's a good little asterisk point to throw in there Um, another one that's particularly dangerous when it comes to over supplementation is iron Um, when taken in large amounts or in the absence of a deficiency it can be dangerous Um, initially causes upset to your gastrointestinal system so think nausea abdominal pain diarrhea but over time can actually accumulate in your organs causing potentially fatal damage to both the liver and the brain so yeah less than desirable um very much less than desirable i feel like this has really painted a picture that you know obviously not every single person is going to get brain and liver damage but there are certainly risks involved in taking vitamins when you don't necessarily need to so all in all like as we always say eating a regular balanced diet of good food good quality nutrition and you know fresh produce is always going to be better than trying to supplement it with things that are not needed for us. Yeah, and varying that as well. So as much as you can, as much as you you know are able to both financially and you know what you like in terms of palate and taste, changing up the the regular the fruits the vegetables you know using what's seasonally available is also really important because what is usually prominent during a season is going to have the greatest amount of those vitamins present in them as well. Um, so. I, I hate to harp on about it, like, but it is, it's the best way that we know how to absorb these vitamins and minerals into our body. There's, there's no two ways around it, really. Um, and I guess our other hard line here is that if you feel that for whatever reason you might be deficient in something, 
there is a blood test for it. Mm-hmm. You can go to your doctor. Please advocate for yourself and for your health. Do not go putting things into your body that you do not understand what they do or do not serve a purpose. Get those blood tests. See what's going on. Look into potentially other causes. And if it is a deficiency, then use your vitamins and supplements as prescribed. Okay. There's no, yeah. You wouldn't do it with it. You won't go taking. You wouldn't go taking a medication or a drug for a, a disease that you didn't have. So why would we do the same with with minerals and vitamins that aren't, as we said, as regulated as medications? I couldn't agree more, Maddie. Um, I think that's all we might have time for today. Although we could just talk for hours and hours <laughs> on this topic. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, as always, if you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on whatever channel you use to listen to us, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Yeah, and anything you can do in terms of, um, yeah, as we said, subscribing, following, sharing us on your social media, um, every sort of, I guess, support in that nature helps more people come across and find our podcast. So Absolutely. This podcast is our little baby. We love it so much and we hope that you guys do as well. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Bye.